0: Hello and welcome to the CBGS podcast my name is drew Armstrong i 'm here with Paul and my name is Paul Waite. your name is Paul Waite and we've just um, it's been really interesting i've just sat down with Paul um, and we watched uh, we watched the 2020 budget mm. uh, review so this podcast is going to be about the highlights of that um, fresh on everyone 's mind we did a post- podcast on it last week is the coronavirus mm-hmm. um, which uh, featured heavily in the budget what the, um, the Gentleman was talking about <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Sunak. You mean Mr. Sunak? Yes, yes. Um, and as of this morning, total cases around the world were one hundred nineteen thousand three hundred seventy-eight. We obviously know this. This broke out from China, but things have slowed down in China now. Like the, the spread of the virus has stopped um, as fast, uh, but it's likely to keep going around the world at the moment at a high rate. Deaths around the world: four thousand three hundred. Um, but a key message that we saw from uh, the Speaker of the Budget, it was it, it, the UK going to put a, a, a lot of money into... and um, you well, said
1: unlimited, didn't you?
0: Unlimited, yeah. yes. Basically, whatever the NHS need, whatever we need in the UK to stop the um, virus
1: spreading or, you know, to mitigate the risks of it. Now, one of the things I was quite pleased about um, from a selfish point of view is um, I've been doing some contingency planning in Soda Aspen weight and... Um, uh, we're taking this very seriously, and uh, what I was very pleased about is I worked on a contingency level of twenty percent of uh, the workforce. Yes, uh, which which is exactly the exactly, exact number he said. exactly yes. the same number the government had been working on. So uh, I may have be in danger of being quite good at my job, I guess. <laughs> um, so uh, the budget today was costed on the basis that up to one in five workers could be off sick through the coronavirus.
0: Mm yes and and the one one of the things they said as well was like statutory sick pay so um that was two really great points i think it was it got gone for down from from four days uh you, you can get statutory sick pay after one day and um they're actually injecting um some money into small businesses uh to be able to to pay uh for that statutory sick, <laughs> sick pay for yeah,
1: employees very interesting drew so was, <laughs> drew, drew has just managed to deviate away from the plan as far as i was concerned so um, uh, so the actual measure today was that, um, uh, the government will refund, uh, statutory sick pay for the first 14 days for all businesses with less than 250 employees, which means for those of you, unlike the government who don't understand this, 250 employees is, uh, where, uh, large companies, uh, uh, become, well, where companies become defined as large companies under the, uh, companies uh companies acts so basically um any company any company lower than a uh, a large company will be able to claim 14 days of free uh ssp back which is actually a very generous uh scheme i think
0: Hmm.
1: that's really great
0: great so the the other thing we were going to talk about just before getting into um the specifics of the budget is uh the uk economy as Mm -hmm. a whole how it's been um so uh, the 2009 um was the slowest annual rate in nearly a decade. Um obviously political uncertainty over the last 3 years. 19 you made it. 2019 yes was <laughs> it was it was down uh you know 1.4% uh, 1, 1. 1.3% 1. in 2018 but the last decade um so, so slowest annual rate increase. Yeah, in
1: global terms it was actually quite impressive. Mm,
0: because the the whole global economy has been um, has took
1: a contracted, yeah.
0: Yes. Um, and it seems like in this budget, um, to, to, to mitigate the risks of, of that happening even more throughout the next few years, there's been a lot of uh, key things that have been put in place.
1: Yes. <laughs> I just got quite lost to know what to say to that, really, um, other than um, you could tell that Drew's not an economist. But, um, <laughs> So there are <laughs> to say, really. are, we, are we moving on into the budget now in that? So I think so. Just some of
0: the key points. Um, obviously, that is a, a really important thing. Like Things have slowed down over the last few
1: years. Yeah, no, I, think, I, think, um, I think the point to, to make an overview about the general economy is what, what, is, what is absolutely staggering and, is, and has become already silent is we've had three years of pretty much half of the country, um, parliament um, and civil servants, for instance, media... Trying to stop Brexit happening, um, people people as senior as the bank, you know, the Bank of England governor, telling us that Brexit was an unmitigated disaster, um, and uh, you know that we would we would see you know terrible things coming out of this uh, numbskull decision. And yet, yeah, what's what's very interesting is is the uh, UK economy has held up extremely well against the other EU countries over that three year period and then since we've actually left um we're actually now outperforming pretty much every eu country and all the latest credible forecasts for the future uh show us again in a very favorable light against and and, and it's, it's amazing how all these vociferous doom mongers whatever they're called mm. you know um are um doom merchants are now silent and uh uh, but anyway so the power is in our hands <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we're 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 in um you know we're in, in pretty good shape and i think you know if we were looking at the budget today i think it was um it wasn't really it was it's it's, it's quite an interesting one and i said to drew before we started that um it's, it's probably not a budget where you could talk for a very long time about what's happened because <clears throat> overall the budget was uh one of uh fiscal stimulus i would say um, very unusual for a Tory um, government so really the news today was all about I don't know I'd be interested in what Drew thinks I would I would use a few words compassion mm. compassion caring uh, looking after our people yes making sure our people are okay um, nothing's going to stop us looking after our people mm. uh, a recognition that we need to spend a lot of money um, in a lot of areas and also I think a very intelligent uh, overview that uh, by being you know perhaps being unusually generous that that's the best way to avoid wide-scale, wide-scale misery
0: yeah and, and wide-scale like fear and panic like obviously this the, the whole coronavirus thing seems to have put people in a state of panic when you see all the things about the toilet rolls you know like yeah, around, yeah. like um running out and and it it really seemed like um like a message of like we've got this under control um you know we're going to do the things that are going to going to stop everyone from suffering and um are going to put us in a really strong position still that we are in as a as a government as a people um and i thought that was a really positive message it it made me feel more at ease not knowing so much about all these things you know just listening to what he was saying so i think it was very well presented as well
1: mm. Yeah, I think um, you know if we were going to sum up uh, the, the whole budget, I thought um, Rishi Sunak's delivery was magnificent. Yeah, uh, incredibly accomplished performance. Uh, someone who's come from practically nowhere um, to to the Chancellor after previous Chancellors f- uh, falling out with with Bojo, um, which I which I support him for because he looked after his staff. Um, I have to say, I thought. Um, I say Richie Shunak's uh, delivery was fantastic, and um, he, he, he certainly engaged the house. And there was a huge building of mood. I think through through his talking, it was uh, mm. he, he, he almost clearly got excited upon occasion. It went quite fast for me as well. It was over an hour long, the whole speech,
0: but it seemed to just it flowed. And yeah, although that in, time in went historical terms, that's quite short. short
1: yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I can't remember. I think it was something like. Gladstone and Israeli did the longest ever budget speech. Yeah. It might be something like seven hours or something. Oh ridiculous. Christ! That no, was really, really ridiculous. So, um,
0: so overall, Paul, are you, are you pleased with what you heard? Um, I, I obviously there's no there's one one bone of contention in there for you uh, this this uh, this budget, but um, overall, were you were you pleased and, and was it what you expected?
1: Well, let's try and go through them in some sort of order for the listeners, so uh, we um, we get some uh, you know so, so we're not sort of jumping all over the place. So I think. Mm. If we start off on um, spending, I guess so. I think in terms of uh, let's start with, in terms of the coronavirus, as as Drew was mentioning, um, we've got a, an incredibly uh, supportive uh, measure in terms of refunding statutory sick pay um, for small, medium, small and medium enterprise companies, which has to be clearly very welcome, um, and, and, and and pretty much. a... Uh, a, a price pledge that that, whatever it cost, we would spend it. Mm. You know? I,
0: it seemed like they were looking out for uh, for people who wouldn't um, be able to claim statutory pay as well, with um it's quicker and easier to claim benefits. Yeah, uh, I, I, I thought that
1: was, I thought that was a bit disappointing. Too. I mean, obviously, one of the things we have to say to to anyone listening to this is um, we haven't had a chance to read the, the fine detail. You know, mm. all, all we've done is actually listen to what was said. Literally
0: about Um, 10 minutes ago was the end.
1: And and, and those of you that have um, watched and been involved as many budgets as I have uh, will know that um, the the, the detail doesn't often come out until later, so the Chancellor tends to make headline statements. Of course, one of the things that's become very um, prevalent with budgets uh, in the last 10 to 15 years is... Uh, the, a lot of the measures are announced prior to the budget. So, um, unless the chancellor reverses uh, something, then some things that, that will come into place as law uh, next month have already happened. So oh, speak. okay. So I think um, so. We, we, you know, we, we as well as the statutory sick pay thing, uh, had the um, extraordinary, um, extraordinarily uh, proactive. I thought. Uh, abolition of rates for uh, retail businesses Mm. which was extended to pretty much all ledger businesses including small hotels etc now um, one has to preface this by saying this is only for businesses with less than 51,000 pound property rateable value so um, you know we're we're not talking about large hotels or uh, big shops but you know for the smaller shops this is a very welcome welcome exemption so uh, we've got five thousand pounds of free business rates for those, um, and also uh, so a, 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 a lot of new um, financial assistance in in, in way of uh, new government-backed loans, etc. So, mm. yeah, it was a it was a big handout budget.
0: With the three thousand pound for um, for small businesses uh, as well um, as a grant. Um, that that would affect 700,000 uh, businesses around the UK apparently that was that
1: was that's that was for um the very small uh, businesses that, yes. that that don't pay um, that gets that get exceptional small business rates yeah you obviously wouldn't get anything if they're by paying less because they're mm. not paying anything in the first place yeah rate, so, so for
0: those they get a 3,000 pound grant they can, they
1: can do yeah but mm.
0: well, that was really good <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well yeah it was it was it was a giveaway budget and i think it was interesting because um uh, our colleague Kim sort of said to me, she'd never actually watched a, a, a budget all the way through before, and now she was working for Aspen Weight, it, it was actually quite enjoyable, and it, it actually made a lot more sense to her yeah, because to she's, she's coming with these sort of things every day. Um And I think one of the things that uh, it was interesting, she said, you know, there were a lot of you know a lot of big numbers mentioned today. How 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 are we going to pay for it? Of mm. course, one of the things that um, might get takes some getting head round if um you know if you're not involved in economics or finance is you know the concept i think most people sort of tend to think about the concept of real cash whereas of course the reality is is that you know the, the government exists in a paperless vacuum mm-hmm. uh, so if you take um scotland for instance scotland's been running at a gross domestic product deficit so it's uh it's, it's been getting its sums wronged by the extent of 7% of its total revenue, which is, the, in fact, the, the worst record of any country in the whole of the EU. Oh, wow. Um, which is a very interesting point, which Miss Sturgeon tends to deflect whenever she's tackled on this as to why the EU would even allow Scotland to join uh, them in the first place, given its very poor record. So... The fact of it is. So, if, if 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 we just make this clear, so if we if we if we had um, a total uh, economic output of a hundred units, then Scotland, for instance, is spending one hundred and seven units. Mm. Can I make that so, mm. so? It's running a deficit of seven. Okay. So, um, one of the things that socialist governments tend to get criticised for quite a lot is, while on the one hand, you know, it's spend, spend, spend. Um, if you haven't actually got the money, then uh, there becomes a reckoning because, you know, if you generate a hundred units and you spend two hundred units, you've got serious trouble. Mm. So, you know, when when um, the last ten years, the UK has been running at uh, quite a sizeable overall deficit, right? Um, which is which is effectively inherited from the previous Labour government. And that's not a party political statement; it's, ma- it's a matter of. Uh, I think the previous chancellor, Alison Darling, put a message into the into his desk for the for the new Tory chancellor. He basically said, basically, I owe you, you. Sorry, ran out of money or something, you know. Mm. So um, what's typically happened in the past is that the Tories have come in after a Labour government who have spent too much money, and then they've had to be the grown ups. And that's why it, it always makes me laugh that um, so you get people that actually cause the problem in the first place, then. Criticise the people that are the grown ups that come in to to sort the mess. Try in. and sort it out, uh, and, and it's 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 quite amusing. And that's why, until recently, this trend has been broken. Uh, normally, what happens is is Labour win every now and then. Uh, the public realises that uh, this is not good housekeeping. The Tories get back in uh, because the public doesn't want uh, you know this mismanagement. The Tories then have to uh, sort out sort out the uh, the mess that was left, and, and obviously to some extent that that usually in, in, involves being quite unpopular. Mm. And then, uh, given enough time, but it's almost like enough, tough love. <laughs> given a, yes, given enough time, enough of the people uh, forget that actually that the mess was caused by the Labour in the first place, mm. and so Labour get back in again, and the cycle starts all over again. Now, what, what's what's been very interesting you know, for the first time, probably in my lifetime, is uh, the Tories have actually now on their third consecutive administration, um, despite all those things, mm. Mm. and I think that what what this is the first. So I think this is the first Tory budget in my lifetime, where. You know, you could use words like compassion. Mm. I really felt wisdom. that. Mm. You know, I think. I think to be fair to Johnson, I think that the Tories won the last election off the back of widespread support and change mm. in the way that voters voted in traditional Labour heartlands, and I think that the Tories have been totally resolved that they must repay that trust. Mm. And I think we saw that today in this budget. So it was uh, what 175 billion pounds spend over five years. for yeah, infrastructure um, spending in 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 things like hospitals and roads mm. and railways. I mean, one of the things that I always feel ashamed as a, as a very proud Brit is is how how substandard uh, our our public transport is. You know, mm. if you look at if you look at the trains in 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 in, in any other country actually in the world. Uh, and you compare them to ours; it's uh, it's appalling. So, I think what was good today is we started to see uh, a government take a, a more long term view.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, um, no, knowing what they, especially
0: what was is the what do you think about the train? Um, the train, just two. Yeah, about that <laughs> that's going to be built that for, for infrastructure. That's going to obviously play a massive part in that. Um, I know I can't remember the exact number, but what they were saying about the the potholes as well in all the roads, um, they know that they've got a... fifty uh, million potholes. Fifty said. million, yeah. How, how much the, the injection of money that they're going to put in to be able to help that? So obviously, really important, and they're seeing this as a re- that's a huge project, the train. So it's like a real long term strategy, like you're saying, you know, to improve the infrastructure of the public transport. And
1: well, I think what you know what what what, um, what tends to happen in politics is people make decisions based on the short term. Yeah. So the The, government... To get votes sometimes as well. well, that's our point, yeah. So the government lasts for five years. So let's say, for instance, um, you've got 100 units of money um, and uh, you could spend 36 units of your money on something that... Patches something up for five years, or you could spend sixty units on something that will last for twenty years. Yeah, uh, the temptation has been to spend the thirty-six mm. units. Uh, and, and to be fair, um, the the um, I think it was the 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 last Thatcher government used to greatly impress me on a on a sort of um, what's the word intellectual level because they were genuinely a government that didn't make short-term decisions. They made decisions on the back of what was best long-term. Right. uh, Which is a stark contrast to normal behaviour. Normal behaviour is uh, we need to get elected. Hmm. So I think what was interesting today was, uh, and and, and I guess to some extent, um, you know, let's be honest, uh, there is a very, very, very strong probability, I would go more than 90%, that the Tories will probably be in power now for another 10 years. Wow. I mean, the, the odds, given the current majority, this if you look at the historical trends, the chances of the Tories not winning the next election are very, very low. Mm. So, so pretty much, I think this is a government that actually can make longer-term decisions because mm. they feel confident. And of course, I think there'd be very few people who didn't, Approve of most of respect. the things they said. Today, yeah, totally. You know? I mean, um, you know, if we look at um, all classes of society, so probably um, apart from the measures we've already mentioned, the increase in the national insurance threshold mm-hmm. uh, was was quite significant to nine
0: thousand five hundred from eight thousand six hundred currently.
1: You know, so that's um, you know, it's uh, it's all you know, it's, it's all relatively small money, but it's uh, it, all, it all it all adds up helps.
0: Um, do you think people are generally looking more long term as well? So they're they're actually appreciating in that seeing a government government make those kind of decisions, um, you know, like it's 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 really it's really capturing the hearts of the people that they know that their government government are making those long term decisions for them rather than these short term quick fixes.
1: So are you asking me? Do I think that people? Um, respect people doing that.
0: Yeah, like like that's changing the like that that's kind of giving um uh the UK people more um <laughs> uh, faith in their in their Tory government.
1: Maybe. I mean I think um as I say, I think the circumstances in this current government are uh very different to anything we've seen for a very long time. Mm. Because they've got a rock solid majority. They probably will be around for ten years. Uh things are pretty good on the whole at the moment aren't they mm. I think there's there's been a Boris Banks, uh I, I'd even say there's been a Brexit Banks, actually mm-hmm. I even think people who probably were Remainers would concede that there has been some positivity mm. I think um, there's something chic and great about Britain being independent again yeah uh, and that's also being celebrated by other countries you know people in like Australia would come to mind uh, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, ultimately, the answer to that question is, is, is let's see what happens in the next ballot mm. box, won't it, in the next election. But um, you'd like to think that uh, the answer to that has to be broadly positive. Yeah,
0: I, I, even for me, um, um, personally, watching that and, and, and uh, the way he came across and the things that were said, like, yeah, it, was, it seemed very positive um, message for the UK, solidarity. Um, and I respected what he, a lot of what he was saying. And I could see that long-term strategy.
1: I mean, one of the one of the things, probably from a from the point of view of um, part-time workers and lower-paid people, um, probably the most significant thing that was said in today's budget was the discussion about um, the increases in the minimum wage, which are increasing mm-hmm. by nine point six percent again in the next three weeks. And then uh, he was talking within two years of uh, the national uh, the national living wage being something around two thirds of the median uh, wage is. in the UK, yeah. which he commented was about ten pounds fifty an hour. Yes, which um, you know, based on let's say I'm not sure how many people work forty hours anymore, but it makes <laughs> the maths easier. Um, on you know, forty hours that's. Uh, that's four hundred and twenty pounds a week, which is uh, nearly twenty-two thousand pounds a year, which is which is actually quite a you know significant amount of money for the lower the minimum wage. I mean, my my concern there would actually be is that going too far. Okay. You know, um, one of the things that's very difficult when it comes to economics and 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 making judgments about uh, things like this is. Um, you know, if you are a, a caring person, which I like to think I am, on the one hand, you know, one has to concede that you don't really want anyone um, you know, living in poverty and struggling to make ends meet. But equally, there are lots of businesses that probably can't afford to pay ten pounds fifty an hour. Mm. So, you know, where I have a problem as an employer is it's all very well saying, right, you know, isn't that great? You know, we've got everyone earning twenty-two grand. Um but that might mean in practice businesses not being able to stay, you know, businesses failing or um, workers losing their jobs because the employer can't afford to pay that level of wage. So that would be my only concern mm. over that. But certainly, again, you know, very untory like, um, you know, a, a, a focus on. Uh, you know to to quote a corbynism the many not the few Mm. making sure that everyone's okay Mm. um and probably you know if i was looking at the budget from a critical point of view as a businessman um i didn't really see i I saw nothing in this um really that was a was a budget for business Mm. um obviously there were some some things we've we've talked about earlier um and uh so what well, about the
0: 130 million for startup um, businesses?
1: Well, well, that's, but that's that's it's not quite as simple as that, is it? We're talking about um, you know potential loans, etc., which are quite hard to get to get hold of. So I think um, apart from the uh, a, a willingness to to invest heavily in new infrastructure, probably the most significant thing that was said today was the uh, was the commitment or recommitment to research and development and the importance of innovation, mm-hmm. uh, which, of course, is very important to to Aspen-Waite. Um, one of the one of the things I just don't understand about politicians is, you know, and it's not difficult, you know, when you consider how well he spoke today, you know, what a clearly intelligent man, you know, he is, to talk for an hour and a half or whatever, with not one mistake I don't think there was no who are ah, or ums I had or, one stutter and you know, that was it nothing nothing <laughs> you know I'd make more mistakes in the podcast than, <laughs> than he did you know it's consummate performance but politicians just don't understand business they don't understand business period and in particular they they whether and they don't realise this this is, makes it even more frustrating for someone like me who I you know consider myself to be the epitome of a real world person uh when they talk about business, they they actually are talking about large businesses. Right. So when he talked about um R and D tax credits, mm-hmm. he talked about um twelve percent becoming thirteen mm-hmm. percent. Well, that's 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 for large companies under what's called the RDEC scheme. Right. So uh we've only you considering that we've done I don't know, say we've done two and a half thousand claims in our mm-hmm. life as Aspen Way, uh probably twenty million pounds of claims, say uh i think we've only ever done sort of two R debt claims ever. oh right okay you know so what like, is that
0: an actual debt claim Just large companies just a large company claim
1: so it's it's, it's 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 uh companies that have more than 500 employees more than 70 million euros turnover and maybe 50 million pounds of gross assets right so yeah you know when you consider how many clients we've got and mm. you know, i'm telling you that uh you, know, you have to be a very large company on the whole. So we've just we've done one last month that was an RDEC loan. Mm. So um, there was nothing mentioned. So you know, when he spoke, that was all he said. And he was talking From about a business perspective, yeah. You know, so probably I don't know, I, I would if, if you said that there were fifty thousand R and D claims done mm-hmm. in the country, then maybe five hundred would be made under RDEC. Right. So when he talks about twelve percent becoming thirteen percent, he's talking about a very small number of uh, companies mm. and um, I just think it would be it would be nice for once if uh, an administration actually made some attempt to properly understand business mm. so if there have been any changes to the R&D scheme for 99% of businesses I don't know because nothing was said about it No, um, what it does mean is that uh, for large companies effectively the value of the Relief has gone up by eight and 8.3% today. Um, so, you know, where, where, so let's take a, probably a typical R debt claim would be £500,000 plus, I would think. Mm. So, £500,000 becomes £540,000, know, to put that in perspective. Wow. Um, but, you know, you could argue that those aren't the companies that need it, but, um, you know, hey ho. Mm. Um, so, I think um, it's, it's a couple of things. You know, I think that the, personally, uh, I think that uh, corporation tax corporation tax was fine as it was at 20%. I think, um, you know, if we look at um, one of the things that's happened in the last few years compared to hi- historically, you know, um, in the past, there used to be the concept of sort of two different types of company. So you had the large companies that would be paying, say, 28%, and then smaller companies that would be paying rather less. Now, of course, we just have one rate now Mm -hmm. so everyone pays the same rate whether you're £10 or £10 I personally think um, the government the previous government this this would have been Theresa May's government uh, pledged to cut corporation tax down to 17% um, which I think is I must admit you know as a business owner obviously I don't want to pay uh, any more than I have to to some extent but I I was quite happy with 20%. I thought,
0: I think as a a
1: taxpayer, Mm -hmm. I think there is a level where you're thinking, you know, okay, you know. Mm. Um, And I I, I didn't really have a problem with 20%, to be honest with you. Okay. So uh, it's currently 19%. And despite the planned uh, measures to reduce to 17%, today he basically abolished that and said, no, it's going to stay at 19%. Mm. And uh, I support that, actually. So you might be surprised to hear me say that. But mm. So I'm, I was quite happy with that. Um, in terms of uh, anything else, of course, we haven't seen the details, so we don't know what's happened to things like capital allowances or or anything like that. Uh, there was the two, two
0: from 2% to 3% structures. Um, oh, yes, sorry. Yes,
1: that's a good point. Thank you. Mm-hmm. In fact, he was paying attention. Mm-hmm. No, you're very right, actually. Yeah, there's... Um, there was an increase um, of uh, one, well, 50% from 2% to 3% structures allowance, which, which uh, to be fair, is uh, not something you would see very often. So, right, okay. Uh, Could you give an example of that, like where that would come into play? For well, it would be, 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 be a company investing somewhere in a building, you know. With, okay. So uh, I, I, I might stand to be corrected by, by others, but I wouldn't have thought one in a hundred... Tax computations would see that. Oh, okay. You know, let's, let's put this in perspective for for uh, non tax literate listeners and yourself. Mm. <laughs> so, um, you know, there was nothing. There was nothing um, that was obvious. Uh, we didn't talk about inheritance tax or capital gains tax or any any um, ways of. Uh, so the, the the thing the thing which uh, I was I was expecting to be quite angry. Uh, doing this podcast today because uh there was widespread discussion that the chancellor was going to remove entrepreneurs relief um now again to be fair uh, it's quite bizarre this so the the new 10 million pound entrepreneurs relief uh limit was actually introduced by labor a labor chancellor named gordon brown right so i i find it sort of rather intellectually interesting should we say that a so-called socialist should be more interested in encouraging people like me than mm. notorious. Um, probably what he did, I think, would on the whole have been expected. You know, I was probably marginally disappointed. So effectively, what he did when Brang uh, introduced uh, increased the level to ten million, it had been one. So, affects what the chancellor did? Just put it back to where it was, right? Um, Not abolish uh, it completely, just put it back to what but, it had been before. But, uh, get, but then you know, it, I could make lots of points there. Like, sorry, like well, that's an awful uh, West Country there. Um are? So, ten years ago. So, if we, if we, if we. So, to me, um, well, one million pounds today isn't one million pounds of ten years ago. So, I think yeah. he should have said, if he'd said. Um, I feel that the increase to ten million pounds was injudicious by the then Chancellor ten years ago. Um, so I'm actually going to put it back in real terms to what it would have been, and he's reduced it to one and a half million. Say, mm. then I would have had more of a. I think the thing that is so upsetting, and I and I and I, and I, and I mean this as someone who's who's passionate about economics, um, growing businesses, wanting entrepreneurs to succeed. Uh, and also, uh, I, I, I just feel it's a shame in a way that this guy has just delivered such a consummate performance. Uh, the government has put so much thought into a whole package of measures which are very enlightened, and yet ultimately they don't understand business. So, mm. you know, I have a massive problem. People saying entrepreneurs relief. Uh, mostly only benefited people that were already rich well how can that be true I'm not rich mm. you know I've worked all my life on the basis that I can claim entrepreneurs relief and now 90% of that's been taken away from me mm. well you know I, I, just because I, if I aspire to sell my business more than one million pounds that doesn't I'm not I'm not already a rich person benefiting from that do you see what I mean mm. so I think it, it it reveals a fundamental lack of understanding personally mm. Um and and I think you know, what would have been what would have been much more intellectually uh interesting and and um easier for me to stomach would have been if if they felt there were certain user groups that were benefiting for entrepreneurs' relief more than morally was way. fair, mm. then why not introduce specific measures to yes, say not to affect everyone? But yeah, to just to say, well, from build. now on um, it won't. It won't apply to this. Yeah, you know that would have
0: been a lot fairer. Yeah.
1: So I I, mm-hmm. I. 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 I don't know if you noticed my face when you mentioned mentioned that. I, I was plunged into <laughs> a, a mini depression, to be honest with you, because um, it, it's a big issue to me, and it, and it will mean that I will have to give a huge amount of thought as to how I exit, mm-hmm.
0: uh, and, and
1: will also pass on that wisdom to others that I advise. Mm. Interestingly, um, and we'll see what this means, uh, the Chancellor did announce uh, a massive investment in supporting HMRC to uh, crack down on tax avoidance and mm. evasion. So we'll, um, it'll be interesting to see exactly what that means mm. in this uh, this world of a very under-resourced HMRC. Mm. One of the things... Um, so this is a live podcast today which is i think is, is a really good thing to do so this is really hot off off really hot off the press so one, one of the things we had today was a communique from uh, hMRC um which which is very much in line with my contingency plan which i set, set round espy wait last week um which you know which which also could could double up as a bit of the worst fears so one of my contentions was that hMRC being public servants uh it was much more likely that those people would stay at home mm. than people in the private sector. Mm-hmm. And uh we had a communique as I say from uh HMRC today which very much confirmed that. So they it would appear that a lot of HMRC staff are not going into work. Mm. Um and and, and and uh they openly admitted this was affecting the way that they, they work. So uh that's that's quite interesting I think.
0: Hmm. What were your thoughts on um uh on what what the, um what was said about the investment into um innovation and research and development into into the u k because uh, that seemed like another big part of the budget It was like uh like so like four hundred million into um all the universities around the the u k and he was he was mentioning lots of names of famous innovators that have come from the u k and basically you know we're we are a hub of innovation here. Um and it seemed like they were gonna be injecting a lot of money into into that, which seemed quite positive to me, but it'd be interesting to get your
1: thoughts. <laughs> yeah, I mean what just just so clear, so what he what he did was very cleverly he um he 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 basically identified every region of the UK and then he related an inventor. Yeah. So he did a Northern Ireland inventor did this, and the Welsh inventor did this, didn't he? Um You know, the fact is, is that the UK is responsible for something like 50% of all leading worldwide inventions over time. So it's uh, it's an incredible record. Um, It's no doubt that the UK is the natural home of innovation for me. Uh, And clearly, as someone whose whole life is involved in innovation, I just spent this morning involved in incredibly intellectual work, actually, Mm -hmm. uh, reading uh, papers on um, uh, biomass plants and things like margins of typical uh, electric and gas generation and and this sort of thing hmm. um, and actually have a discussion with david shearers for instance on various uh, various income streams that come out of uh, biomass plants so yeah this is this is pretty much my my whole life you know innovation so Clearly, if more money is injected into that area, then um, it has to be a good thing. And one of the things I keep banging on about in weekly podcasts is, you know, where where I have a huge problem with Greta Thunberg and particularly um, Extinction Rebellion, or whatever they're called, mm-hmm. um, is that they think that reverting to Neolithic practices is the way to to save the planet. Where which is which is in, in my way as a very positive person is is the same as basically saying i've given up mm, we've we've, we've given up living in the real world we're going to go back and live in a mud hut and mm-hmm. and i know it's something serious and and of course i i i as someone who probably believes in the free market economy as much as anybody in the world could uh you know i believe that people like me and my colleagues will save the world because there are a tremendous number of people motivated to do that mm. so the world will be saved through innovation i have no doubt mm. so um i think the other thing though to bear in mind for someone like yourself you know when 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 people talk about it's about 22 billion pounds being invested into r&d you know what does that actually mean we not it doesn't mean anything in a way that i tangibly can see mm. you know i would suggest mm. i mean clearly um if the, if the universities have more funds to, to get involved in projects or uh, don't have to worry about the funds in the same way they might have done, that has to be a good thing for the whole effort, and I suppose in the wider on the wider innovation space. But um, I think from the point of view of um, an individual company that's, that's innovating, there's nothing really that happened today that particularly was significant, I wouldn't say.
0: Right, okay. To affect real businesses in that way,
1: yeah. So I think you know. So I guess it's summarising, um, uh, and we will we will look at the fine detail and 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 uh, and, and, and probably do a an update in the podcast in in, in days to come, uh, and obviously in our budget summary which we circulated, uh, probably hopefully at the end of this week. Um, that was that was pretty much it. I think you know there there there, there was no. Um, nothing reported about changes in oh i, I guess um uh, there are a couple of things that, would, that come to mind so uh, uh despite um some reports to the contrary uh vehicle fuel duty was frozen again for another year oh you know what else was frozen beer yes beer yeah. wine cider yeah <laughs> Well, they weren't frozen. No. <laughs> if they were frozen, no one could drink them. No. But, uh, the, the duty was.
0: The duty was frozen. I thought it was quite
1: funny. The couple of I thought quite cynical um, incentives to benefit Scotland, which I made me chuckle, which I thought was quite smart. Um, so I think you know um, the budget was was a green one. It was it was very much uh, encouraging people to be green, encouraging people to recycle. There was a new plastic uh, plastic packaging tax. All that sort of thing. So I think it was environmentally friendly budget. Uh, it was a tax giveaway budget for the the less well off, uh, and probably for entrepreneurs. I would I would see it as a one of the worst budgets, personally for me. Mm. If not the worst budget uh, of all time, possibly or most disappointing. Um, you know, to have your uh, you know the whole basis of your exit strategy taken away from you mm. is, is quite gutting to be honest with you I think um, you know as an advisor and as someone who likes to think that this podcast is fairly neutral and isn't doesn't reflect my self interest I think on the whole you have to give the, this government quite a big pat on the back I'd probably give them 9 out of 10 could do better mm. wouldn't it be nice if you understood business <laughs> you know would probably be my i think in terms of looking after i mean you know i I totally believe that we should look after the vulnerable mm. and the weaker members of the community of course where i come in is i believe i do that by being an entrepreneur mm. you know and i think that's where this lack of understanding about what happens with entrepreneurs relief is, is is misguided because you know it may mean that I decide to adopt a very different strategy in the next ten years to what I would have done. Mm, you know, mm, mm. Um, which which would be ultimately to the detriment of society. Mm. You really need to encourage entrepreneurs to keep doing the
0: good job that they're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the, the private economy is why you know Britain is in a robust position and why the Chancellor was able uh, to have such a. Um, investment friendly budget mm. so I think that's uh, that's about all I've got to say young Drew that's it and, and and
0: the only other thing was that the flood defences as well There's going to be a lot of money injected into um, 520
1: million was it
0: yeah mm. and 120 million to repair any damages that have already happened but in lots for actual flood defences as well <laughs> yeah excellent and um, so Paul have oh. you been listening to much music this week
1: are we doing music this? I, thought, I think I... I think we should still play out on a track yeah do you really yeah uh, well you know I've been listening to JJ72 this week ah there we go yeah, so, that'd be uh, a great one so um, yeah so, I, 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 we all need oxygen I need oxygen after um, after the budget today so uh, I think I think that's what we'll play we'll play JJ72 um, oxygen okay
0: well thank you very much listeners any questions podcast at aspen-weight.co.uk um, and we will see you next time. Thank you, Paul.
1: Thank you, Drew. Short sleeves and warm skin Losing coins calling next of kin Dropping words about the city we
0: in by heavy air, us without care just brought spoil-